You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, welcome to another Colts Blue Zone Podcast. The final such pod of the 2022 NFL offseason as training camp comes next week. And boy, you'll blink your eyes and it'll be January and hopefully playoff football here in Indianapolis. Alongside Mike Chappell and Joe Hopkins, I'm Dave Griffiths. Glad to have you. We are, as we tape this pod on Thursday, 52 days away from the Colts season opener. And boy, in Houston, in Jacksonville to start us off. And uh, we'll, we'll get in plenty into the start to the season later at later dates. Uh, just just cropped up in my mind how important that early stretch, Mike, is going to be, though. Tuesday. They what? St- they start Tuesday. Tuesday. Practice. It's unbelievable. Practice. Yes, it's this unbelievable. Tuesday. They, they report. They report in practice, and gosh, it, I, it just seems like a few days ago that we were sitting, not a few days ago, but we were talking to Chris Ballard about what the heck went wrong. Mm-hmm. Because a lot went wrong. But Plenty man, did. That's, that's the crazy thing and the good thing about the NFL is it recycles so quick that you can put bad stuff behind you. Got to flush it because the next day something's happening. Something yep. important's happening. Um, we will continue our training camp preview. We did offense last week. We'll do defense this week. Plenty to break down there. But we'll touch on the news both around the league and here in Indianapolis first before, uh, before getting to that preview. And, and here in Indy, Kind of the talk of the town when it comes to Colts this week. Just the last uh, last gasp before um, before the the train training camp begins uh, was I. Th- it was an article that uh, Bob Kravitz of the Athletic put out, um, and the, the main question he asks was, "Does Andrew Luck belong in the Colts Ring of Honor?" And I'll encourage you to read it yourself for sure, because um, Bob does great work, and all the folks at the Athletic do. If you uh, listen to Zach Kiefer of the Athletics podcast on, on Andrew Luck, uh, that I think we mentioned uh, in our in our last pod, um, that, that's um, Bob did did very fine work in this uh, in this one. He he made the case that in a way that Andrew Luck does not deserve a spot in the Ring of Honor. Um, Chap, I know that you tweeted out something different yourself. Uh, explain your thoughts uh, on on Andrew Luck's spot in the Ring of Honor, potential spot in the Ring of Honor, his deservedness or undeservedness, as the case may be. Yeah, he. I mean, just look look who is in there, and not to disparage any of those guys, but yes, Andrew Luck deserves to be in the Ring of Honor, but not right now. I, I, I think there there needs to be more time. Uh, and besides, it, it's it's let, let's let's keep it. You know, get in line. There's other guys. If you're going to address that, in my mind, before him, uh, you know, Dallas Clark, he's probably a fringe. Bob Sanders, he may be a fringe player because of because of the the time he missed. But there's a Lombardi Trophy in town because of Bob Sanders. You you, you can yeah, the other guys is that and the other, but because of Bob Sanders. So and I've I've banged the drum forever, and I still will is either Jeff Harrod or Eugene Daniel need to be in. There was football before Peyton Manning. I, I saw it. I watched it. Well, no, he's pretty. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you can have really good players on bad teams. But, yes, Andrew Luck, yes, he, he does. I, I think the thing in, in the sentiment is, boy, you put him in next year and you're going to have some boos. And you don't like to have a Ring of Honor guy booed. Right. So, which would be understandable and, and you don't want that. But, yes, he, he, he's, he's the Ring of Honor guy. Uh, for for whatever it was, six years that, that he played, he was a top, gosh, five, top, six quarterback. Yeah. He was. He, yeah. just, he just was. And we always talked about Peyton Manning early on doing, covering up deficiencies. Andrew Luck carried that franchise to, what, three straight 11 and five. Yes, he does. He, he deserves 
to be in, just not yet. Not not right now. Joe? It's funny. We were talking about this, me and um, a couple other people on the web team the other day. And at first, you know, I had mixed feelings about it. But then the more we talked about it, the more I talked myself into it. Um, Matt Adams on the web team brought up the good point that Jim Harbaugh's in the Ring of Honor. Well, if Jim Harbaugh's in it, Andrew Luck certainly deserves to be in it. The, the problem you run into is you're talking different eras and different reasons. Jim Harbaugh's in for like a year and a half of extraordinary play, and and they needed to put somebody up there, in all honesty. Cause yeah, it was, it was, I think the bar has been risen since A, a bunch. Um, but in, I, I like that you brought up Rob Sanders because they're pretty much – very similar in a lot of ways. Careers cut short because of injury, but boy, were they spectacular when they did play. Um, so I think Andrew Luck does deserve to be in there. And I think we all d- agree that T.Y. Hilton at some point will deserve to be in the ring of honor. Um, I think it'd be kind of cool to see T.Y. and Andrew maybe go in at the same time because they're so responsible for each other's careers. I don't believe T.Y. Hilton has had a 1,000-yard season without Andrew Luck. Um, Good point. I can double-check that, but... Um, both of them very responsible for each other's success. So I think it'd be nice for them to go in together, but Andrew Luck does deserve to be I, I think one of Bob Kravitz's main points that, that you brought up was the bar has been risen. bar has risen right now for what should be uh, for induction into the Ring of Honor. I, before, uh, Eric Dickerson, Jim Harbaugh, they didn't exactly uh, lead to they, – they weren't here for that long. But the, you, could as, argue, you could argue Marshall Falk as well. Yeah. But he, he he really took off with the Rams. Mm-hmm. But you needed to put somebody in there at the time. Correct. So and they were they were great players. The twelfth man. Yes, the twelfth man is in which, there. Which has since, since been altered. Yes. Um, I, I will say, I, I I find it hard to believe that the Ring of Honor will not include Andrew Luck at some point because of his contributions to the franchise and how he left the franchise from from a fan's perspective. I think on somewhat sour terms, but for Jim Irsay to still pay him the $25 million he was owed, he he left on good terms with the people in the building. It, it seems like, even though they wish that he could have stayed, he would have stayed. But but like you said, Mike, you cannot throw Andrew Luck out there at Lucas Oil Stadium and have booze coming down. And that's what it would have that's what would happen right now. It would I don't even know if it I don't think it would be more than 50%. If this was happening in Philadelphia, where I grew up, it would be 75% booze, easily. I think it would be 75-25 cheers, maybe yeah. a tad more. I, I really do. And, and I do think that would be flipped, like I said, in, in, in a place in, in, in Philadelphia, just from, from what happened, from how it all went down, and, and for where the franchise is right now. The, the franchise needs to get out of this quarterback funk that it's in. They need a future quarterback. They need a distinct person to point to, to say that chapter of the Colts era, the Col- Indianapolis Colts is over. And they haven't passed it yet, the post-Luck era. They, they need to move from the post-Luck era into the Arch Manning era, or whatever it's going to be next. You know, they, As long as we are stuck, Mike, in this, in this part of the Colts, in this state of the Colts franchise, I can't see Luck getting into the Ring of Honor anytime. Because a lot of people still blame Luck for for them being here. Exactly. And, exactly and, my point. Yeah, and, and he played a part. Again, you, we, we can parse words. Did he, did he retire or did he quit on his team? It just depends on how you want to look at it. He's gone. and But at some point, the team has got to move on. And they, I, I, it's hard to say that, they, that, that they've tried. I, I don't, it, it's, hard, it's hard to analyze it because how many really strong opportunities have they had to get up and move and get a top five quarterback? Uh, maybe if if Luck had had chosen to to retire in I don't know 
February instead of, you know, three weeks before the season, perhaps that season. But one thing, and, and again, I think there still are some some hurt feelings. I still go back to the retirement day or th- that night after the Bears preseason game, and we've got Ursay and, and Chris Ballard and Frank Reich sitting there listening. And there was there. I just believe there's some anger there. There, there was there. There was. There had to be. At the same time, we were in Jim Ursay's office after the during the draft. A lot of us in the media were, and it's a beautiful office with Ringo drums and all these guitars. But on his back, uh, the back wall, he's got all of these helmets and things, and the three in the Lombardi Trophy. Mm-hmm. But the three prominent helmets he's got, sort of centerpieced, are Peyton, Johnny Unitas, and Andrew Luck, 1918 and 12. So, so at some level, he's gotten past it. And and keep in mind, there's only one person that decides on the Ring of Honor. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, he he will be on it. When I don't know. Uh, again, I I didn't even think about T. Y. Hilton. I might put T. Y. in before I put Andrew Luck in. Mm-hmm. But because be of the length of the con uh, of the career and all that, but I, again, if you're going to put da- you're going to put Bob Sanders in because you are, and if you're going to put Dallas Clark in, put him in before da- uh, before uh, Luck as well. But yeah, he, he he's a Ring of Honor guy. He, he is the, the greatest kicker in NFL history. Adam Vinatieri might I hadn't have a thought spot. that. He, yeah, know, I'd put him. I'd put him in there mm-hmm. before Luck. Probably I would. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's. I mean, he, he's. <laughs> It's hard for people to realize that he played more of his career in Indy than he did New England. Now right. he had, you know, he the bigger he, kicks, the Super Bowl right. championships. He, he sort multiple. of set his his foundation in there, right? But, but you know, he he became the he set the longer or the 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 consecutive streak of forty four kicks as a Colt, and he 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 was so ins- he's the t- he's the all time scoring leader mm-hmm. here and in the league. So yeah, he he. I'd put him in before about Andrew in. I, I would. Yep. And, and while we're discussing Adam Vinatieri, his son, A.J. Vinatieri, pride of Zionsville, the Eagles, has committed to... Chirp, chirp. That's right. Ball State. Going up to Muncie, going to play his college ball there for Coach Mike New and the Cardinals. And Did he did he decommit from UMass? UMass, yes. That's what I thought. UMass okay. is what he gave his initial commit to. But yeah, he's staying close to home, so it'll be nice. So he, uh, he made a couple big kicks for the Eagles uh, on their... Uh, they had a couple good recent... Um, uh, trips through the uh, the, pl- the postseason here in uh, in Indiana, and so uh, so best of luck to to AJ uh, at Ball State. Uh, one more piece of news to get through before we get to the Colts defense, and that is uh, from an ESPN report that uh, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals just uh, breaking today have agreed to a five year extension that'll uh, net uh, Kyler two hundred thirty point five million dollars. Two thirty. Yes, That's, massive. Remember when we were talking about one hundred twenty million to Andrew Luck being the uh, the, the record setting? And and, that was, and, that was like yesterday. And, th- and think of the quarterbacks coming up. Yep. Lamar Jackson's Jackson's want more than you, that. You think he, yep. he took notice of that? Yeah, I think he. Gets I heard. More than uh, that. I saw a report that he was in the building today. Just staying away. He's like, "Hey guys, <laughs> yeah, how you doing?" I, I, I'm I'm sure that's what he was waiting for. The Kyler Murray. Shoot a drop, and then Lamar's going to get his because he's accomplished a lot more than Murray has. Mm-hmm. I, I look, uh, Kyler Murray, and, and it's yes, the quarterbacks get too much blame and credit. He's 22, 23 and one as a starter, and he looked 
he looked not very good at the end of last year. No, like we were just saying when you came in here, if you thought Carson Wentz didn't look good, uh, he Carla Murray lost to Carson Wentz right down the stretch, and then in the playoffs right. he was just bad. He was not good. But but th- this is where you are with in the NFL when when you get the who you think is the guy, you got to pay him. I mean, some teams don't with the Sam Darnolds where you come to your senses and he's not the guy. But if he's the guy, you got to pay him. And nowadays, again, behind closed doors, GMs and owners are just cussing out the Browns, just just (laughs) letting them have it because they have set the bar. Keep in mind, I've always considered Deshaun Watson a top five quarterback. Just just forget all the other stuff. Just as a quarterback – they were four and twelve his last year in Houston. Yep. But when you get the guy, that that's the market that, and that's why you look at again the, the market with the, I think the cap explodes next year. I think it is. Receivers are getting twenty five million. Quinton's going to get eighteen to twenty million. But quarterbacks, holy smokes, it's incredible. And if I'm Lamar Jackson, like you say, next in line. Fifty million? I don't know. Might be Joe. Joe this um, th- this uh, reported deal with Murray, it makes him the second highest paid quarterback on a year to year basis. He's only behind Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I think, is fifty point three million, and uh, shorter deal. Yeah, it, it is. And Murray's, I think, is forty six point one million. Which uh, it, it's funny to me that Deshaun Watson's was forty six million flat. So it's like it's one hundred thousand dollars more per year. So he just wanted. That was important, obviously, to Murray. And like you mentioned, with Lamar Jackson coming up next, it's going to be important to him to go one step further, higher it than that. It won't be one. No, it'll than. be more than that. Right. And, and, and it's it, like a year ago, we were talking about the Patrick Mahomes extension just being ludicrous money. But his is only $45 million. We're going to look at that in two years and be like, boy, they, the Chiefs have, uh, have Patrick Mahomes on chump change. That, that's how it works in the NFL, especially with quarterback contracts. It just goes up. And as Mike says, when the salary cap explodes, it's going to explode even more. Yeah, I think Lamar Jackson uh, has played this pretty well by kind of waiting out, totally. letting that that the, the market costs go up and up. The key number with Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson though is guaranteed money. Was it one sixty? One sixty. Deshaun Watson's getting all two hundred thirty million dollars. Um, so that again, more cuss words aimed at the Browns. It's crazy. Yeah, yep. yep, that's that's wild. So. Um, I don't think we'll see another contract like Deshaun Watson's, especially, you know, depending on how this goes in Cleveland, which I just have a feeling it's not going to be how the Browns fans hope it does. But, you know, talking about Kyler Murray's 46 million a year, what's Matt Ryan getting 50 over two years? 53 over two years. 53 mm-hmm. over two years. makes Kind of makes Matt Ryan look like a bargain. I get Now, that contract was done several years ago. Several years well, ago, and I but get still. Ryan's older, and I'd much rather have Kyler Murray on the Colts than I would Matt Ryan. At well, least. I'm not sure. You're not, not sure? Chap's not positive. I'm not sold on Murray. You, you may okay. be right. and he He's such a unique player. For the long term. It, it, I think it's an interesting debate for 2022. Who would you rather have to take this team? Um, but I think for the long term, Kyler Murray gives your team a higher ceiling uh, for the next four or five years. But anyway, it's just it's just crazy to see these deals, and the price is just going to keep going up. Yep, no end in sight. And so uh, if you have your quarterback, you're going to pay your quarterback. Like I say, Joe Burrow Yep. Uh, uh, and all these guys. Jo- has Josh Allen gotten his yet? Yeah. Yeah, he did. I think he did. Um, Her- Herbert get his yet? Herbert hasn't gotten his. It's Burrow, I mean, it's Herbert, it's Lamar Jackson all getting theirs. Um, and and the 230 looks really cool, but like Joe said, it's well, how much guarantee do you get? Mm-hmm. With any with any player with Quentin, you know, okay, it looks a good year, a twenty million dollar guard if that's what it is. But 
how much, much do you get guaranteed? guaranteed? Because that that's all that matters. Yeah. Because you know they they put all these the agents and teams put these funny years and numbers, and you know maybe the last two years are just fake. Uh, the, the 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 New Orleans quarterback, uh, Jameis Winston. No, Tyson. Tyson uh, Hill. Tyson Hill. 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 They did something where he was like a hundred million dollar quarterback, and it was just bogus. <laughs> so, how much you guarantee, and that's all that matters. Let's get to our training camp preview with the Colts defense. They will be out at Grand Park very shortly. Reporting next Tuesday, first practice next Wednesday. Chance to see them out there. Most practices are at noon. Uh, there's one practice that is a night practice that is, I believe, a week from Saturday, Saturday, the first Saturday in camp. And then some of them later in camp are going to be at slightly different times, earlier or later. I think, or I think they're all noon, the, the night one, and then the last day of practice is like 10, I think. There you go. So, so noon is the time, basically. Right. But uh, you can check online, Colts.com, for specific uh, theme days, specific times, uh, just to make sure you are up to date. Uh, the defensive side of the ball for the Colts, I think there's a lot of optimism over there heading into this camp just because of the, uh, the changes from last year to this year. Um, some changes you don't know if they're going to be for the better, like Gus Bradley versus uh, Matt Eberflus. Other changes, you're, uh, you have to be optimistic they're for the better, like bringing in Stephon Gilmore instead of Xavier Rhodes. Having Yannick Ngakwe on the edge, uh, giving you uh, arguably the best pass rusher you've had since Robert Mathis was here. So uh, just just an, over, an overarching view of the defense as we go into camp, Chap. I, I, I think that th- this unit... You would think it has the potential to be one of the better ones in the NFL because they have pro bowlers at all three levels. They have a coach that has in the past been able to coach up one of the best defenses in the league. And um, it's a matter of getting everybody on the same page and staying healthy, as it always is in the NFL. It's funny when when there's so much change than what you do, what people tend to do, fans and media at some level, is you trash the previous regime. It wasn't good enough. Keep in mind, I am convinced that had Matt Eberflus not been given, not earned the uh, Bears head coaching job, he's back. I, I really believe that. Now, they would have gutted his staff, I believe. But yeah, but then they fired the D-line coach before. before yeah, right, 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 right. And you could – he was great on, HB, or on Hard Knocks. Yeah, yeah. Baker? But I, right. Yeah, Brian Baker. Brian Baker, but I, but I think they were concerned that they didn't see enough development from Quiddy and 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 the rest of them. So that's whatever. But but during Flus's career, four years, they were number two in takeaways. That's pretty good. And they were number four <laughs> against the run. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. It yeah. was. Now they, they they were I think they were last in the league in in or worst three and. You know, quarterback percentage, and but we saw that during Dungy's career with with that cover too. Is it you, you give up that stuff? But they did good things, but they never, they just never got their pass rush solved. They, they were like 18th in in four years with Flus, and that's where that's the chicken or the egg. Is is it because you? You didn't coach them up, or you didn't give me guys to coach up. And in those scenarios, you're when you get so many turnovers, you don't have the sacks. It, I guess what what I'm trying to say is making making key plays at key moments in the game becomes so important. And and if you don't have if you don't have the horses on the defensive line to do that, you get the Baltimore game last year where you're up by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, but then Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews strike and they 
touchdown two point conversion, touchdown a, two point conversion. Play. Yeah, just one, just one, one play, one, play. One, one stop on a touchdown, one stop on a two point stop conversion, one two point conversion. Exactly, yeah. and then it goes to the the, uh, the what's it called the uh, overtime and 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 Baltimore wins. Boom, like that, game's over. Like uh, so, so you can you can live with uh, a pass rush that that doesn't always get home if the pass rush can get home in the fourth quarter, but it just couldn't. Uh, at the most opportune, at the most needed times for the Colts, um, they, they banked on. They, they didn't resign Houston. They didn't resign Janico. Right, banking on the young kids, mm-hmm. and the young kids just didn't come through. Right, so they're hop- optimistic this year that a, a young man by the name of Yannick Ngakwe uh, will be a big part in taking this defensive line where where it needs to be. A threat late in the fourth quarter that can uh, that can stop an opposing team on a drive when when you're up by four points, five points, seven points, whatever it might be. And uh, Joe, I think for, for me, uh, my first memory of Unique and Gakwe is here at Lucas Oil Stadium, uh, sacking uh, Jacoby Brissett like ten times alongside with the the Jacksonville you know, defense. That was the eleven sack game was it or whatever? Yeah, it was it was ludicrous. I think it was at that game. <laughs> it's just like I remember that game. That was a poor game to it was, <laughs> get tickets to. Yeah, exactly, but. But all of a sudden, everyone's like, "Who's this guy with a weird name, Unique Ngakwe?" And, and and but he's he's established himself as as a consistent guy in the NFL more than anything else. Joe, he gets he gets eight sacks every year of his career. Uh, he might not get the one that's seventeen sacks that T.J. Watt gets, but uh, in order. You need to take a step forward, and and getting consistent pass rush from the edge is something the Colts have not had since Robert Mad. Well. They, I'll just, say that Justin they, Houston's had, yeah, first year, like yeah, his first year, yeah, because his second year he had great games, great games, but then was completely gone for others. So, uh, so the hope is that Unique Ngakwe can be a steady presence on the edge that they have not had for some time. Yeah, I mean, as long as he stays healthy, you can pretty much take it to the bank. He's going to get you at least eight sacks. I think his uh, most of his career was like twelve and a half during his second year with Jacksonville. He got mm-hmm. back up to ten last year with. You uh, take that. Without yeah. even batting an eye. Oh, yeah. yeah. Got back up to 10 with the Raiders. And he doesn't have to even be, like, the guy, like, the only guy. DeForest Buckner is still the best defensive lineman on this team, and I'm really excited about Quiddy Pay in year two. They sunk a first-round pick in him. He showed the flashes last year. I think he can take a big step forward. So um, Yannick Ngakwe just has to come up with those sacks in the fourth quarter that were absent last year, and I think he'll be able to do that in a role that he's familiar with with Gus Bradley. So they, of course, in in past under Matt Eberflus, really did like to rotate on the defensive line, and and most defensive coordinators do this in order to keep guys fresh late into games, make sure that pass rush is still going in the fourth quarter. You got Ngakwe, you got Pay going into his second year. You also have Dio Adangbo going into his second year, and Taekwon Lewis um, entering his fifth year in the league. He was just re-signed as a free agent this past offseason, and... Um, it was was really chap coming on. We've talked about uh, about Taekwon on this pod before throughout the uh, the offseason about who they bring back, who they don't bring back, and uh, and key moments from last year. And talking about the Taekwon Lewis interception and fumble was really a really a turning point to to not just uh, the game against the Titans, but could have been the Colts season as well, where things just started going downhill. Um, well, well, things took a downhill turn at least that they were unable to climb back from. I should say. So, um, so those are really your top four guys and guys that are, are most likely to, to make the roster. Uh, w- when you go into the year looking like this, there's a lot of there, there's certainly younger guys and guys that haven't proven themselves in the league, three of them, and only one real veteran that has. Um, it, it's certainly not going to be the deepest when you look around the NFL, but I, I think it's a, a step in the right direction, like I've said, in terms of 
better than past years and guys that you really want to develop into something more there. Yeah, because they, they let uh, a Muhammad go. Right. And he's what, what signed with Flus in Chicago, I believe. I believe so. Teray as well. Teray as well. It, it, which Is he in San Francisco? Did he sign yes. there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to say you should have brought either one of them back. You know, People argued last year that they – by sticking with Muhammad that it kept other players from getting their snaps. Well, Muhammad earned it. He did. And the other guys didn't. And exactly. So, yeah, it, it's this will this is going to really test the depth because they, they, they have always tried to rotate. They always want to have eight or nine quality players so that you can rotate. And for that to happen, some of these guys that people aren't familiar with are going to have to Emerge. Yeah, Mike and I have been more uh, more on the Dio Dangbo train as we've seen in the past couple weeks as we're talking about breakout players and all that. Joe has been more on the Quiddy Pay train, um, and, and Joe, I think one stat that you list here is, is like I think it's it's very uh, uh, very telling for for your position, saying that uh, of Quiddy's four sacks last year, all of them came in the last eight games. So he clearly got better or got a little bit more comfortable in his skin down the stretch of last season. For Dio, for us, would be. Well, he was he was never fully back himself from from the Achilles. Yeah, sure, he's good enough to be on the field, but now after a full full year uh, away from that injury, you figure he has the same explosion that that he had in the past. So those two guys, one of them emerging as as an upper level defensive talent, can really be a difference in whether this this defense um, is a top. A twelve team in the NFL or a top four team in the NFL. And for the record, I'm I'm excited about what Dio can do as well. You're only it's, allowed to be excited about one. It's not an either or thing. I like them both out here. I just think Quiddy, you know, will will be the starter, and so he'll get more of an opportunity. Position. Yes. What's that? At a new position, he's flipping sides. He's flipping sides. He's going to play the big end in that defense. That's really the position that both Dio and Taekwon Lewis fit as well. When you look at you know kind of body types and fit. The only other guy that kind of fits as that smaller, speedier Leo position is Ben Banigou. And, boy, I don't think we can count on that. It's amazing. When I did my breakdown and I'm, I put these guys on here, I, I had to do a double take that he's still on the roster. So, so yeah. maybe, you know, the, the, I think It'll they're be, taking the approach that, you know, you you carry 90 and let's see what he's got. It's, it's, a, new, it's a new scheme. It's a new coach. And let's see. But if he doesn't show, and, and he had a, if I'm not mistaken, had a pretty he had a great training camp training last camp year in thinking, preseason, hey. yeah. And, and then he's inactive all almost all year. So this is one where it's it's there's no downside to carrying guys now. There just isn't. You I mean, owe him the money anyway. His is guaranteed. So right. It's still his rookie contract. Yeah. 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 I mean, they they sunk a second round pick into him. I, I hope they can get something out of him. He had two and a half sacks as a rookie. None since last year. He played a career low twelve percent of the defensive snaps. I, I, you know, I don't mean to just trash the guy, but is this – I have the question on here for you guys. Is this Chris Ballard's biggest draft bust that he's made with the Colts? Didn't he draft Quincy Wilson, or was that the last year of um, – That was that, that, that was his first draft, okay. Quincy Wilson. Yeah. But at least Quincy Wilson a, played. Was he a two or a three, Quincy? He was a two. He was okay. a two. He was higher. He was like he played. He played. You're right. He played. Yeah. yeah. He did play. You're, you're not wrong. Um. I, he never did anything while he, he played. He never did no, anything. I, I don't so know. It's, so it's it's I think it's very similar. Yeah. yeah. Well, but but he gets a nod because he played, which tells you where Ben Bandicoot is. Yeah, yeah. Because he point. hasn't played. It's a good point. Much of anything. Fair so so so, he, so, so here we are, trashing, trashing. <laughs> but, but but again, he 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 will be given a chance to, to to finally. And the fact that he's still here. Remember they they cut bait with uh, Terrell Basham in year 
two. I think it was year two. I believe. Not year three. And, and, yeah, and I think they, it was two. They, they showed great patience with Teray because of the injuries. Mm-hmm. But no one's no one no player has had so much time to emerge than Ben Banning. To my knowledge, it's not like he's been hurt either. No. He's been healthy. It, 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 one of my biggest complaints, as as we continue to, to trash to pile on, is that if you've got an athletic linebacker slash defensive end, special teams. You know, chase around on special teams and he yeah. hasn't even done that. Is there nothing he can do there? Uh, yeah. So, hey, good he's a good kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a lot of good kids in my neighborhood that, you know, you don't want to see playing. But right. the, the kid, he, he, this is his time. We'll know in a month whether a new scheme and a new coach can turn the light on. Yeah, yeah. When you, just just you 16% of the special team snaps last year for Banning Goose. Actually, more than on defense, percentage-wise. But right. uh, the other guy I kind of wanted to talk about before we start to move on here, yeah. uh, Afedi. Odenigbo that they signed in the I hate that they signed him. Just the name? Because <laughs> I'm going to have trouble spelling the two He's of them now. It's hard enough to spell one right now. I've got two. I think he could kind of come in, especially if uh, Taekwon Lewis is still recovering from the patellar tendon. I did a little bit of research, and it says the recovery time for a tear of the patellar tendon is about 6 to 12 months. That's a wide range, so he could be back. Around the beginning of the season, he could, you know, it could take him the whole year. He'll probably start back. on. He'll be he'll be on pup, I would assume, to start camp and the season. So that'll give chances to guys like Banigou or Odenigbo. And Odenigbo had seven sacks in 2019 with the Vikings. He started 15 games a year after in 2020. Only had about three sacks that year. But he's somebody who's actually done something in the league. Um, so I think he could be a solid rotational player. I'm interesting how that shakes out throughout camp. After that, you got Brian Cox Jr., Cameron Klein, Scott Patchen kind of rounding out the depth chart. Over the past couple of years, the Colts have kept either four or five. Then last year, they kept six defensive ends, actually. But it's always been about nine or ten just on the defensive line in general when you kind of combine defensive end and defensive tackle. Um, so you can expect somewhere between uh, most likely four or five here uh, on the outside. And five is kind of the, the, the obviously the, the nice five. Because we can get into it in a second, but but I kind of feel like the defensive end depth is better than the defensive tackle depth. But well, one thing that was always helped in the past is when he had Tyquan Lewis, is he was sort of both. Right, Same and with Danico Dio. Autry was right. that before. Dio. And, and, and Dio, Dio kind of can be that well. guy, too. Yes. So, so you, that, that's why they, they love the flexibility. Some guys are, are, are ends or tackles. You know, DeForest Buckner's a tackle. But the guys that can go, you know, both positions, it really helps you win. You've got to have 53. You know, they're, they're only going to carry, I would assume, two quarterbacks. So that, that opens up a position. But it's always dicey, offensive line, defensive line. It's always dicey how many you keep. Now, when, when you look at the defensive tackle on the inside, no, there's no debate who the top two are um, between DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart. And Stewart has earned his second contract in the NFL. Guys who are... What was he, a fifth-round pick? Either fourth or fifth-round picks. Don't always get fourth that. fourth rounder. Okay. Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah, now, now that you say it, it makes sense. At Albany State, uh, nice uh, nice HBCU program there in Georgia, Albany, Georgia. Um, and uh, th- those two guys are, are great. Like, we, we look across the NFL, and they're certainly a top-10 defensive tackle pairing uh, across the league. And Buckner is certainly the cream uh, of the crop of those two. But I don't want to disrespect what Grover's done either because his contributions in the middle have been have been very important. He's a great run defender. He's a big part of why, Chap, you mentioned earlier, the Colts under Matt Eberflus were a top uh, top four uh, rush defense in the NFL during his time here. Uh, but but having those two 
uh, as just your base. And we'll get to the depth in a second, like Joe said. Uh, as Having those two as your starters, as your base, as guys who are both veterans, uh, you got to feel really good about heading into training camp. And they're, they're 28. Both. You know, in, in, in Gakwe's 27. So this, this is a very experienced but not old defense. Yeah. Uh, that, which, which is really good. And, again, you, J- Joe can kind of break down the depth here, but that, that's going to be an issue is the depth at tackle is who, who do you have that you really, as that third or fourth guy, if it won't be Taekwon, it might be Dio, but they need one of these young guys, really young guys, to step up. And, and that's, Joe, perhaps why the Colts went out and drafted two different defensive tackles. Uh, just this past uh, late April. First, they got Eric Johnson, the fifth-round pick out of Missouri State, and then they went and got Curtis Brooks, the sixth-round pick out of Cincinnati. So there, there are some snaps to be had, we think, in the center of that defense, and it could be a very intriguing position to watch out of training camp. I know people don't uh, – they, they, they look at more glamour positions, like you'll watch wide receiver and cornerback in those battles, of course. But uh, it, it might be really interesting to see what these guys can do against some of the offensive linemen. And if any one of them starts to make a name for themselves out in Westfield, they would uh, just vault to the, to, the, to the backup role right there. And we've seen in the past those backup defensive tackles have gotten their opportunities during game time. Yeah, and there's not like an established or a veteran really that's played a whole lot behind them. Maybe R.J. McIntosh um, had two sacks for the Giants in 2019. That's about the most you're going to get when you look through this here. Johnson's kind of the guy who reminds me a little bit of Grover Stewart, kind of a smaller school guy. Missouri State, um, he's the first Missouri State player drafted in more than a decade. 6'4", 299, ran a 4.86 40-yard dash. That's quite impressive for a man of his size. Um, But Brooks is the guy who had the production at a higher-level program in Cincinnati. Seven and a half sacks last year with the Bearcats, 43 quarterback pressures, 90.4 90.4 PFF pass rush grade. So he's a little smaller, though, 6'2", 287. But it'll be interesting to see. Is the guy with the more athletic upside, does he kind of propel himself and be ready for year one? Or is Brooks maybe a little bit more polished, a little bit more ready con- to contribute immediately for this team? That'll be a fun battle to keep an eye on. Definitely. And the more the more I learned about Curtis Brooks after the Colts drafted him, the more, the more intrigued I was. And it's obviously the production is a big deal. Um, and I think he had a couple of good special teams plays, too, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember if it was him for sure, but I, th- I thought it was him that had at least one block. That might have been Eric Johnson now that I'm thinking about it again. But, um, but, but yeah, those two, I think, are certainly intriguing to watch. And over the past three years, the Colts have kept five defensive tackles every year. So it's been 5-5-5. Five, five, five. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Buckner, Stewart, Johnson, Brooks, that's four. You mentioned R.J. McIntosh. Uh, Chris Williams spent uh, the majority of his first two seasons on the Colts practice squad. He's on the roster right now. So he's another guy who, who just knows the area, at least, if not the scheme, because everyone's learning this new scheme. You won't uh, get lost. What's that? You won't get lost yeah, on exactly. the way to practice. Yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll or the way to the airport. Yeah, that too. Yeah, one or the other. Um, and then uh, KV on Patton. Uh, in his first year, undrafted free agent out of Texas State. Always got to look out for those undrafted free agents. Somebody comes in and, and is a surprise. But, um, uh, Joe, you have some key stats from the defensive line uh, that, uh, that you listed out here. So if you want to dive into either of those, now's the time to do so. Yeah, I saw on Mike's uh, articles. I think you've got every position out now, Mike, except maybe special teams. Special teams is tomorrow. Gotcha. But this is uh, fox59.com and cbs4indy.com. You know that Buckner is the first Colts defensive tackle to lead the team in sacks in two consecutive seasons. 
ever? I had to double check ever. So no defensive tackle even for one year has led the no, team. No, back to back years. Back to back years. Yep. Gotcha. Um, yeah, he had, had seven last year and then uh, nine and a half the year before that. Um, really, really obviously Buckner's the cream of the crop. Grover Stewart's really good, but you can't expect these guys to play every snap, let alone every game. I mean, yep. it's natural to expect them to at least miss a game or two. Um, so who wins that third defensive tackle job is going to be key. And maybe that third defensive tackle isn't on the roster yet. We've mm-hmm. seen these late pickups. There might be some cuts. There might be a veteran that the team adds. So that's going to be a kind of under-the-radar um, position that could come up big for the Colts this and, year. And if you want to get your best players on the field, I'd imagine that they bring Dio inside at, at some point because you, you just can't keep him – on the bench at all times, or you put Taekwon out there in the middle. Like we've said in the past, he has that flexibility to go back and forth too. So so some of those defensive ends could see more time in the middle That's as well. That's a good point. Yeah. And I think it's important to keep mentioning what they've kept in the past, whether nine or ten defensive linemen or whatever. Yep. And I'll keep bringing up that you get 15 guys on the practice squad. So guys who don't make the roster, a couple of these guys, or at least two or three of these guys, are without somebody from another team that's cut. They're going to be on that practice squad, and you can protect three, I think it is, on a Tuesday. So the, the roster, is, it, it, it's much bigger than 53, and these guys were very, very active at using practice squad last year. But So, so it will give you some flexibility. But this is, again, tackles another area that, that somebody that we don't know needs to step up and give us a reason to, be, to believe in them. Let's head to linebacker. The Colts have at the top, once again, as is the starting unit, one of the most experienced linebacking groups in the NFL. And you, 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 like, you like this group. You have to. Because you have Darius Leonard, who is ranked the fifth best linebacker in the NFL for, uh, for Madden. We're not getting into Madden ratings uh, here today. We might touch on it later, but uh, in, in another podcast. Uh, the, just don't have time today. Too much to get into. But uh, with, with Darius... Chap, we were talking before we came on. He, he's got to be the lead story just coming into camp in general for, for all the Colts. Just his health, how good is he, when will he be on the field, how much does he need to be on the field in a new defensive scheme before the season starts. But this is yet again another offseason, another offseason surgery for Darius Leonard. He came back and was fantastic last year, had another all-pro year, but you just don't want it to catch up to him. And that, that, that's the fear. And every time somebody says back surgery or even back procedure is probably what they're saying, we'll say surgery, that, that, just, that has to raise some red flags going into another 17-game football season. Yeah, because, again, we went through this last year. As Darius went through this last year, with, he had the ankle surgery, was supposed to take care of it. And it didn't. It, that, that ankle bothered him all year, and he told us it did. And at some point it kept weighing. Remember when he said that uh, – he opened up about how it it taxed him mentally and physically. He lost his love for the game. And, and back back surgery, I, I just can't buy procedure. I mean, it's it, it's surgery. Yeah. If someone with with a medical license is telling me the difference, I've I've ta- we were talking. I've taken the approach that if they pierce your skin, it's not a procedure. Hmm. You know. So, but but it's 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 a question. I, I'm not going to be shocked if he opens up camp on pup. They've given us no reason. Uh, there have been no updates mm-hmm. at all. Now so remind we'll, me again, if he opens on Pup, would that influence his ability to play like week one? No, or? no if, if, you open, if you open camp on Pup, then they can take you off Pup the next day. Right. So but if no, you open the season on Pup, you have to miss at least six weeks? 
I thought it had changed four weeks. They, they've okay. changed. They've changed it. But, but it's uh, a certain uh, number of games. Dio opened up the season on Pup last year, and I thought it was. I thought it was eight games. I'll look I, that up here. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, it, it it like like Taekwon Lewis will be on Pup. I, I just think he will be. But if you open the seat, open camp on Pup, it, it it's just you're not ready to practice, right? And it's precautionary, and then as soon as you're ready to play, you're activated. But he didn't practice during training camp last year, did he? Much. Darius uh, started practicing after he got his contract last year. Remember that, right? Right. But you talked about how this is an experienced group. Uh, Darius, Okariki, and Franklin, 170 games, 106 starts by the group. The other six players, four of them are rookies, and I'll take you out to dinner if you can name the four rookies. It's Dorman, Weatherford, which you can... My guy, Hamilton Heights. Ryan and and Skalaski. I think it's Doman, right? Doman. Okay, fine. Doman. Yeah. Okay, and, <laughs> you and, can't name him. <laughs> and, and I can't. Name he's, got, him. And he's got the names right in front of him. But but the, but then they, they signed uh, Brandon King, a free agent. Yep. He's just he, he's had two two defensive snaps because he's a special team standout. So it's once again it's it's linebacker has gotten to be a strange position because you're in you're in nickel so much that you know Z- Zaire Franklin wasn't on the field a ton. He started like fifteen, or maybe started all seventeen last year. But you're in nickel so much that one of your linebackers come off. But the depth at linebacker, you get past EJ Speed, and it's very, very concerning. Yeah, what what they need, Joe? They definitely need some special teams help from last year. With Matthew Adams is gone, and uh, Jordan Glasgow they cut as well. You look at a guy like Brandon King. I, I you figure he has a good shot to make the roster, and after that, it's going to be what rookie impresses you here in camp that, that's probably going to earn that last spot available there. I think King will because they brought him in with a specific role in mind, right. which was to play special teams, similar to Glasgow when they drafted him. Um, just real quick on the pup, you're right, Mike. Over the off season, they actually changed it from six weeks to four weeks, so you're all over that. Um, and yeah, Franklin's a guy who, you know, he, he per pro football reference, had 11 starts last year, but he played more snaps on special teams than defense. 200 on defense, 350 on special teams. I think EJ, EJ Speed's another standout on special teams. I think Weatherford and Doman, I could see there being a decent chance that they both make the team. Obviously, they'll be competing, but I think at least one of them makes a team. I know you were high on Weatherford. Uh, he was on your breakouts list. That's right. But both of them are pretty... He was, he was very active in the workouts that we saw during the offseason. He yep. was. Mm-hmm. Make of that what you will, but he was. And he's got the athletic ability. 6'4", 224, ran a 4'6", 40-yard dash, 36-inch vertical. He's an athlete who can make the team on special teams and hopefully develop into more of that. Maybe Hamilton Heights? Is that- That's right. Go Huskies. Hamilton Heights, and then played at Miami of Ohio. But yeah. um, the real Miami, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. But I, I really like this uh, linebacker group from top to bottom. Zaire Franklin's a really good third linebacker, especially when most of the time you only have two on the field anyway. Uh, you know, EJ Speed's my guy. That's right. And he had nine tackles in his first career start last year against Arizona when everybody was out with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so Speed Franklin, and then Doman and or Weatherford, I think, give you some pretty good depth. Yeah, over the past three years, the Colts have kept 6-6, six, six, and then last year was, uh, was well, sorry, two years ago was seven linebackers. 
and then uh, six in 2021. What the heck did I do here? Okay, sorry. They, my, they uh, won't keep seven. No, they won't keep seven this year. It'll be six. It's got to be six. So right. it'll be it'll be Darius. It'll be um, Okereke. It'll be Franklin. It'll be Speed. And then there's two more. You figure Brandon King will be one. And then either Weatherford or Doteman, uh, uh, if not at a Forrest Ryan or James Skalski, right. uh, if they really do surprise there. So... And then and again, one or two more of them make the practice squad. And again, there. maybe this is a spot like Joe's mentioned, and people shouldn't forget the fact that when, when other teams start cutting players, maybe they've got a glut at a certain position that you don't. You know, Ballard is always looking to add, mm-hmm. you know, depth, reliable depth at positions. Was last year the first year that kind of broke the streak of undrafted free agents yep. for the Colts? Yes, it was. I think one of these two linebackers, Doman or Weatherford, Starts the new streak this year. There we go. And it's going to be Sterling, like I said, my one of my breakout <laughs> players for 2022. Hey, uh, some key stats for the linebackers. Darius Leonard, since he was drafted in 2018, is second in the NFL in tackles, only to Bobby Wagner. He's second in the NFL in forced fumbles with 17 forced fumbles, only to TJ Watt. Third in fumble recoveries, trailing only Justin Houston and Von Bell, and has the most interceptions among linebackers in the league with 11. And hey, that number is good enough for even 11th in the entire NFL with, uh, with guys who get thrown at a whole, a whole lot more than he does. So um, if you're looking for playmakers on defense in the league, Darius Leonard has got to be near at or near the top of your list. He's the leader. He's the guy as long as he is healthy. As long as he is healthy, that is the big question as uh, the, the new season comes around for this linebacker group. Joe asks, is this linebacker group better than last season's? Um, I would say maybe um, because if, if Darius can be healthier, then, then maybe. Uh, but he still was great last year. Okereke is going to get a year older and a year better, I think. I think, I think it hinges on Okereke because I think, I think Zaire is what he is. Mm-hmm. A tremendous player out of Syracuse University that, that you can always rely upon for, for anything and everything, obviously. EJ Speed's probably going to be better, I would think. Uh, if not, uh, he uh, has kind of established himself as a, as a really good backup, which you, which you love to have. Um, and then what, what do you lose when Jordan Glasgow and Matthew Adams are gone? I don't know how much you lose with that. So we'll see. Like, especially if you bring spe- in Brandon they, King. They were both special teams players. Yeah, and you bring in another longtime special right. teams player in the league in King. So, so I would say that there's certainly the potential for it to be better if, if indeed that these linebackers can find their role, Joe, in, in Gus Bradley's system. I agree, and I've kind of expressed how optimistic I am about the uh, Doman and Weatherford to make the team and maybe become something. So I agree. I think the linebackers will get better. Kind of, you know, no point in having that question. Obviously, defensive end got better with Yannick. Defensive tackle's about the same, um, maybe. But um, I think this linebacker group has the potential to be better. And a group that's going to be much, much better next year is cornerback. No doubt. Uh, when you sign Stephon Gilmore, a former defensive player of the year, um, a guy who uh, signed, has made five Pro Bowls, excuse me, in his, uh, in his career, you got to expect something, uh, something better to happen. And you, you don't expect, again, my, my experience in Philadelphia, you don't expect a, a Namdi Asamoah situation where he gets, a, gets his bag and then is, well, he's not even getting, getting his bag, you know, in a, in a free agency context. 23 here. million. Yeah, 23 million for two years. That's yeah, it's, it's pretty affordable. Yeah, it's a good, good veteran signing if you're, if you're the Colts. No one else wanted to give him anything longer. And uh, he'll be 31, 32 years old in September when the season begins. So no one wants to pay a 32-year-old cornerback for, for more than that. Um, it's, a, it's a fair fair contract he had a quad injury last year so that might have had people shy away from him too P- cost him five games in 2020 the first seven games in 2021 yeah the injury was actually two years right ago. yes it was right so he right. had to recover from it and then get back on the field but 
But having Gilmore uh, on the edge to, to pair up with Kenny Moore as your one-two punch, Jap, and that that's a pretty that's a pretty good pun. Not a lot of teams in the NFL can say they have two Pro Bowl cornerbacks, guys who have made Pro Bowls in their career. I'd love to hit, to, to be in, in the room or at least know their their rationale on on the, you know Chris Ballard told us that Gilmore was always on their radar and they were waiting for things. And keep in mind that 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 he wasn't here when they got rid of Rocky Sin. Right, it was a month earlier. You know, the co- the cost of of getting you a pass rusher was a was a corner. As we've talked, I'll, I'll do that every day, unless it's just an elite corner. I'm going to take a pass rusher. So again, it, 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 is he the long term answer? Well, no, but but in the NFL, you can't always have long term answers. Sometimes it's a two or three year answer. And if you get two good years out of Gilmore, they got they got one good year out of Xavier Rhodes. They just did. He, he was he was injuries or whatever last year, so he just adds what they haven't had since Vontae Davis was in his Pro Bowl. And Vontae Davis, well, it didn't end well here. He was pretty good at his best. He was great. He had that one stretch of consecutive games without giving up. Time. He was good. Yeah, he, he was good. And Gilmore, sometimes okay. Matt Ryan wasn't he MVP in sixteen? Yeah. And Gilmore was Defensive Player of the Year in 19. It's it's not like 10 years ago. So I think this guy still got high level to play. It'll be interesting to see how much, how they're going to mix zone and, and man. And he can do both. He likes to get up in guys, as he said, get up in guys' grills and, and, and misdirect them. So he gives them an outside guy that they really haven't had since Vontae. And pairing him with Kenny Moore to see how they continue to maximize all the things that he can do, and he does everything. And then, as you've got on this list, is Isaiah Rogers is kind of the wild card. How, is he ready to be the guy uh, opposite Gilmore? And if, if he is, but it's a pretty good threesome. With uh, with Kenny Moore in particular, his contract situation still looming. We we talked about that. I think at a good deal this off season with. And with no real development since then, no need to go too much further into it. But, Joe, certainly something that we're going to be looking out for these first couple weeks of camp. Is Kenny Moore out there, and is there any discussions with his contract? Yeah, yeah. And one of the questions I have is, do you guys think he's going to get a new deal before the season? I have a hard time seeing that with two years still left. They might restructure something. I I would find it hard to believe he gets a new deal. Incentives are... Yeah. I can see restructuring to where you move. I think he's due 13 or $14 over the last two years. Move some of next year into this year. Guarantee it. Players love the term, you know, the word guarantee. It's just, it's just, we talked, it, it, it's so hard to address somebody with two years to go. We overpaid you early. So now you got to do this. And keep in mind that, that he didn't hold out of offseason workouts. They're voluntary. You know, the O'Edger James term, you know, I know what voluntary means. I may not have graduated, but I know what voluntary means. Right. And now the, now he, he, if I remember right, for the voluntary or for the mandatory work, he started to practice, then he felt a twinge, and then they pulled him out. So, but he was there. Right. So, t- it's a totally different DEFCON level if you don't show up for training camp, mini camp, and, and OTAs. That's not a holdout. It's not. Training camp's a holdout if he does that. I just don't think Kenny Moore would do that. I I don't know what. He thinks he would he would achieve by having that line in the sand. Now maybe I'm totally wrong, but I, I would kind of hope the team sort of addresses 
an unfair situation because he is underpaid. He's underpaid. But I just don't see him getting a new deal. I can see them messing around with the last two years. Isaiah Rogers, Brandon Faison, uh, three and four. Those are you feel pretty good about that with Isaiah Rogers having having a f- fairly decent twenty twenty one season as a uh, just a second year guy. Does he take a step forward this year? Does Faison take on more of a role um, in in three cornerback sets? That'll be intriguing to watch. I think just the snap count between those two. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tony Brown, Anthony Chesley, Chris Wilcox, Alexander Myers also on the roster right now. Over the past years, the Colts last year they had seven cornerbacks, but that's because they only had three safeties, which was fewer than they usually do coming out of camp. Uh, between these two, again, just like on the defensive line, you kind of combine for 10 between safety and cornerback, which is what the uh, the Colts have, have aimed for uh, over the past four years. Every year, it's been, it's been 10. It's been 5-5 five and five or 6-4 and four and then 7-3. and three. So um, it's going to be some combination of that probably to, to get to 10 guys total. And um, this secondary, Joe mentions key stat, which I kind of touched on, features the first pair of pro bowlers the Colts have ever had since they re- relocated. In, uh, That's, I hope I didn't put that wrong in my story. It's the first pair of Pro Bowlers. It's only the second time they've had okay. two Pro Bowlers. The other okay. was was Vontae and Mike Adams. Okay. In whenever it was at fourteen or fifteen. Okay. Gotcha. So so it, it's just it's, it doesn't happen often. How about cornerbacks? First pair of Pro Bowl cornerbacks. We'll go with that. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll we'll amend the stat and be correct. Right, just just a quick tweak. There we are. Is this group better than last season? All of us say yes immediately. Obviously. It has to with Gilmore yeah. on top instead of what Xavier Rhodes was last year, which was unfortunately not good. Or Rock, you said. And Rock, yeah. I think Rock was really the top corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I'm really excited about Isaiah Rogers. Uh, I think he has a lot of potential. It'll be interesting to see because Faison comes in with a step up. He's played all four years in the league under Gus Bradley's defense. Gus Bradley has stated, you know, he wants to play a lot of press, whether it's zone or man, he wants to press. And Faison's much bigger, 6'2", 200 pounds. The Colts have Isaiah Rogers listed at 5'10", 170. So how effective will Isaiah be pressing? Um, That'll be interesting to see. Maybe Faison kind of gets more time at the start of the year, but I I just feel like Rogers is a more talented corner. But it's nice to have Faison be your, your fallback. It, totally. Exactly. I mean, this is a really, really the most solid like top four corners I can remember for the Colts team in a long time. So and, you, and you've got, well, you got to have, you got to have three that are good mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. four that you can get by with because you play so much coverage. Yep. So this this gives them the option to do that. Now, let's go to safety. You got Julian Blackman, who uh, who by all accounts surprised to be out there and was running around. And If you didn't know he had the injury, you wouldn't know it. Nope, not at all. Uh, he was out in uh, in minicamp and running around with the defense. So I'd love to hear that. Exactly. He tore his Achilles last October, but he looks good. Uh, he spoke to us, was in, in as good a spirits as, as you could possibly imagine. Um, and he, that's just who he is a, 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 as a guy. So he's back. Um, you have the retirement of Kari Willis. So... The other safety spot is going to be a competition between Rodney McLeod and, and Nick Cross, the rookie out of Maryland. And uh, that's another really, I think, intriguing uh, Youth camp battle. Youth first experience. Yeah, exactly. And, and McLeod, McLeod is a good veteran. I mean, he, he's, he's 11 years in the league. Um, he has 123 starts. He, he's still 32. He's not like 34 or 35. So even he's though Mike he, Adams. Yeah, he is very much so. He, he's probably a better Mike Adams coming in. And, and so, so you can't ima- immediately say, well, the Colts love Cross, which they certainly do because they traded away a pick next year to go back and get him. They and thought and now was, we know why they did. Yes, because Kari Willis. Correct. Retired. Yes. 
So, I mean, you're watching the draft, and you're like, what are the Colts doing trading away for Nick Cross by maybe drafting Rodney Thomas late, too? Why are they devoting so many resources to safety? Well, now we do know. <laughs> but, uh, but that battle, I think Rodney McLeod, Joe, might have a leg up right now. Uh, but Cross is going to find some playing time himself as well, I'd imagine, in the secondary, just because uh, of, of the, the physical tools that he has that, that made him a third-round pick and what the Colts said would have been a second-round pick after another year of seasoning next year. Yeah, if I had to put money on it, I'd say McLeod starts the year as a starter. Cross kind of gets some snaps here and there to you know kind of give him a break, especially in obvious run situations. Cross is a little bigger and heavier, I believe, and you know all, all the reports scouting reports is he can just n- knock the hell out of you um they, they mentioned bob sanders <laughs> as a comparison and well, you know, yeah, like, then you back off a little yeah, bit let's slow down. It's, it's like chuck pagano to calling malik hooker um ed reed. ed reed that 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 didn't go so well chris ballard said uh, and let's back off <laughs> he's like hold on guys whoa yeah. but cross doesn't even turn 21 until september so mm-hmm. it's it's quite an age difference there i think the veteran experience, a craftiness of McLeod will get him on the field early, but I'm excited for what Cross can become. I mean, uh, 212-pound safety who can run a 4-3-4 40-yard dash is pretty exciting. Um, After those three, you got Rodney Thomas, who I mentioned, the seventh-round pick out of Yale, Armani Watts uh, going into his fifth year uh, in the league, Will Redman and Trevor Denbo. Wasn't there a guy uh, also, Joe, who was uh, uh, in the – the program they have with Europe. Was he a safety too? Marcel Debo. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's, he I don't think he's technically on the 90 man roster, but I can't remember if he was a safety or a linebacker. It's just a name uh, that I remember. He was in the secondary. Yeah. I think he played, yeah, he might have played corner. Okay. I, I, you're, I think, yeah, I think he was either a safety or a corner. But but, but yeah, I left him off. That's yeah, he, a good but point. he's not on the roster. So so you did not do anything wrong. I was just like, I, I, was, I was like, Joe's crying over here. You, you will uh, eat. Uh, well, he. he, he <laughs> Won't he be the asterisk player? You can carry him. Yes. You'll, you can, he he doesn't him. count against the 90, I don't believe. Right. And then he can be an extra practice squad player. Yes. So so that's... that's Great athlete. Real, yeah, yes. That's really neither here nor there when we're talking about the, the roster. But you'll see him out there at training camp, which is so... so I mean, least, maybe he makes that. Uh, and if he knows. makes a roster, he makes a roster. That, that, would, that would be something truly special if he did, but... Um, interested to see Rodney Thomas and what what exactly he is. Always, I, I'm always intrigued by those late round guys because I, they rarely do anything significant, but they can really develop. Like, I mean, I'm obviously going to refer to uh, to my guy Zaire Franklin uh, as a guy who came in and established himself a role, and then has has become a, a team captain, really a foundational person for the culture of this team, and one third of. Offense, defense, special teams—like they—they always have that potential. And well, he and he and Matt Adam, Adams were seventh round picks. They were both of them. And, right. and and Adams stuck here four years. Yep. Isaiah Rogers was a sixth round pick, and now he has a chance to start. Hit, Got three just, picks last you year. You just have to hit on those guys because mm-hmm. because when you're going to be paying so top heavy at positions, you've got to hit on these guys, and maybe really hit on it. Again, we talked about with Zaire getting a second contract. For a seventh round pick, that that's incredible, you know, good for him. Mm-hmm. But you got to hit on him to sort of counterbalance the top of the uh, the budget. Yeah. So with uh, with this with this group, as we mentioned, uh, they're probably going to combine for the Colts will for ten players in the secondary total. At safety, that's likely uh, somewhere between three and five, and uh, the, the three that are that are locked in: Blackman, McLeod, and Cross. After that, you got Rodney Thomas, the rookie. Armani Watts has uh, five years in the league. I, I'd say that he's. He's a special teamer. Uh, he's another yeah, special team exactly. player that was probably yeah. So, how will will Bubba Ventrone 
Mm-hmm. How much You're weight will for he someone for... to, to be the the George Odom who was right. who was an All Pro special teams player right. just uh, just two years ago, and came in last year and intercepted Josh Allen in Buffalo. Like he, right. he came in and filled in admirably. Very well, I thought so at safety when when he was called upon to do so. So is he with San Francisco too? I think he might yes. be on somewhere. Him and Kamoko are both over there now. Yeah, just just looking for somewhere with with more opportunity, um, which. I can't blame him for going because I, I think there was maybe still some some sore feelings about his um, his restricted free agent tag uh, two years ago. Um, but nevertheless, uh, they they need they need people back there uh, in case injuries happen. And when when you get past those top three, uh, there, there's not a lot of experience. But again, if you're looking across the NFL and and you go four or five deep in the secondary, that that's very rare. So yeah, Odom uh, got a three year nine and a half million dollar deal. So good for go. him. Good for him. Yeah, wasn't going to get it here. No, definitely not. And so he'll definitely get a look over there for for some more playing time. Uh, so that's the Colts defense. And we've gone down the offense. We've gone down the defense. Um, if, if we had a whole week to go down special teams, we, we certainly wouldn't. I don't know if we'd fill. Well, we'd find a way to fill 60 minutes, as we always do. But uh, Rodrigo Blankenship. Yeah. Um, we can touch on special teams next week. A little bit week. next Kind week. of top training camp yeah. battles. Yeah, because well, yeah, there is a training camp battle there in special teams, isn't there? Absolutely. So, yeah, and definitely some guys there as kick returners with Naheem Hines and uh, Isaiah Rogers. Isaiah Rogers. Yeah, yep. that, can, that, can be, that can be dangerous guys back there. So, yeah, we'll, we'll touch about that in the future. Maybe we'll get into Madden ratings next week. But there will definitely be camp storylines, too. And uh, Mike Chappell's uh, ideal training camp will be nothing like last year. Is that correct? It, you just you need a little bit, but every day. And when, when it starts off by, oh, by the way, our coach is out with COVID. And then again, one day after the other, it's Wentz. And then it's, it's Quentin. And Nelson with ankle injuries here and there. And then Eberflus gets COVID or he's a close contact. Something. And, and then they're, they're one day. Darius is sitting out. Uh, and then w- with the quarterback out is, you know, we believe in Jacob Eason. And he, T.Y. Hilton got hurt. Oh, T.Y. Hilton, the last day of practice, he, he goes down. And Back we're injury. watching that. And you're thinking, holy smokes. Yep. But he gets up and then he has surgery. So it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. You want you want. Camp uneventful, mm-hmm. and I, I could deal with that. Just maybe a little bit of news, but not mm-hmm. not every. Maybe a little eventful, but right, but right. not 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 like last year uh, eventful. So we do hope that uh, you'll uh, stop by training camp in Westfield Grand Park. Is going to be it's one thing for, with training camp. In, in the last couple of years, last year wasn't so restricted, but when this is the chance for fans to really get out and and schmooze, I guess, with players. Mm-hmm. Because players, by and large, that they enjoy the time, and they're after practice. I'm I'm guessing they'll have an autograph tent put up. But the big thing is that the the players will come over to the bleachers and spend I don't know 20 minutes mm-hmm. signing autographs. They just do, and it's the time you know if you're a season ticket holder, you go to games, you see these players on the sideline with their helmets. This is when you get a chance to really see them mm-hmm. and see what they look like. And you know it's not like mm-hmm. baseball where they got caps on. It's, so th- this is such a great time, and it's one of the reasons, not the only reason, but it's one of the reasons the Colts remain away from the complex for practice because they want interaction with, the fa- with their fan base. This is how you build your fan base, and I've always seen that as really invaluable between a team and its fan base. And, and I'll tell you this, they're going to be excited right off the bat because they've gone two years without doing that stuff. They're really close face-to-face right. uh, back and forth. So if you can get out for one of those first practices, they're going to be they're going to be 
I think a lot of guys out there to willing and able and, and excited to to see the fans, to be with yeah. the fans. Because like like think about yourself, wherever you were when uh, the, those first couple trips out, outside of COVID, when that was kind of passed for you, and you're going out to to this place or that place, you're going to um, to the lake, you're going uh, on vacation, and, and just like, to a restaurant. Exactly. <laughs> like, this is kind of it, this is a return to normal, really, for the Colts. That first day with the fans is going to be out there, so it's going to be really exciting. I think for them, it should be great. Obviously, exciting for the fans. It always is. So you're, you're going to get some guys. I think who are what I'm trying to say is who are really happy to see the fans out yeah, there. And, and it's free admission. Now you have to go yep. to Colts.com and get a ticket. You need a ticket to get in, but it's free. Yeah. And, go, go ahead. Go and they got Colts. They got Colts City and all that stuff, which. When you got young kids, take them out there and let them go do on the jump on the things and throw and kick and all that. So, it it is a good time to get out if your schedule allows. Yeah, yeah go, go meet Yannick Ngakwe. He he might let you take him take him out for dinner. Have you guys seen him on Twitter? He, he, yeah, he's, he's been lobbying for everything. Anywhere, where can I take my dog? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's cool great. stuff. Engaging hundred percent with the fans. Yeah, good, good. Glad to see. Um, and uh, we'll see a lot over the next couple of weeks. You can always follow us here on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Subscribe, get us delivered to your podcast listening device whenever we drop. Follow us on Twitter as well at Colts Blue Zone. Individually, we are Mike Chapel at mchapel fifty one. Joe Hopkins at Roto Street, Roto Street, Joe, Street, Roto Street, that's, that's not it. And Dave Griffiths at Dave G underscore sports. We appreciate you listening. Check out Mike Chappell's work online, fox59.com, cbs4indy.com as well. And we'll see you next week as training camp begins on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. 